I came from a low-income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. I know this is not Guns N' Roses, but Guns N' Roses is doing the Major League Baseball yeah. stadium tour. They're going to mm -hmm. be at Wrigley. They're going to be at the K in mm -hmm. September. The boss is going to be at Wrigley. I mean, Wrigley Field is going to have a sports book uh, outfield, outside of the, uh, down the third baseline, the right field corner there. That's going to open up uh, this season. So they have a lot more concerts, uh, you know, Pearl Jam, mm -hmm. when they're at Wrigley Field, is a must-viewing. Uh, okay. So the big summer stadium tour. Are we done having concerts at Memorial Stadium? I hope not. On the Garth Brooks concert, which did fairly well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we've not had anything since, and we really have not had, like, a discussion. I don't know if there's, like, a secret announcement coming. Oh. But but we no I don't I don't think, but I wonder if we're going to have concerts or a concert again at Memorial Stadium. It's not the easiest place for uh, acts to get in and out of yeah. with their setup. Mm -hmm. uh, but I imagine Nebraska made a little bit of money. The University of Nebraska made some money. I thought we'd have maybe a concert after that, but we have not had anything. And just dawned on me as I saw Guns and Roses announcing their stadium tour that. Will we get a concert in Memorial Stadium? I mean, we're going to have TD Ameritrade's going to actually be open for business after the College World Series. They're going to host a concert. Yeah, I, I would. Pink I, is going to be here. She was uh, on. Hey, there. I'll be there. She, I've I've never been. Uh, my wife has gone. And I think she's planning on going to that one too. Said it's a hell of a show. Uh, Tim quickly reminds me uh, the name of the ballpark, the Chuck. Sorry, it always be the it'll be TD. Yeah, the Chuck. Um, so the Chuck. So yeah, Pink's going to be there. Should be a good show. Uh, it, I, the Memorial Stadium has to. I, I hope they do. Because, well, first of all, I, I don't know if they would have the tickets as cheap as they were for the Garth Brooks one. Those are, especially at the 11th hour, you're getting those things for like five bucks. Like it was, it was downright cheap. You had the beer, the good time. It, it, I understand there's going to be you know some technical challenges as far as as you pointed out, like getting things in and out when you have a closed bowl stadium like that. But I feel like in advance, and does it necessarily have to be like a major, major, major headliner? Like Garth Brooks is a well-known country act, probably more known for it lately uh, doing his live shows. But it's not like he was the hottest country act going on right then and there. Like I feel like you could get those types of acts. At Memorial Stadium, or if you want to do, a, a, I mean, a huge run, look, the capacity there, what you can hold, I mean, that would be great. And it's, again, something about just having a, a tall boy at Memorial Stadium, a sign of simpler times ahead. I don't know. I think they should. Guns N' Roses, by the way, have you guys uh, ever seen Guns N' Roses live? Uh, unfortunately, I saw them not too long ago when they're not in great shape. Yeah, okay. So you said unfortunately and I'm assuming Axel's voice was a little bit spotty. That, that night it was not good. Yeah. I saw them 15 years ago, long time ago, and it was still bad. And I've heard that's kind of a thing with Guns N' Roses where Axel's voice it just 
it's very different live than what you hear in studio as far as him performing. It just get, gets very, very scratchy, very fast. And I remember that being the experience, too. A little too. different just, than the entire Appetite for Destruction yeah, album. Yeah. yeah, it just wasn't great. And I, I, I told myself, in, unless the tickets were extremely cheap, I probably would never see them again. Because it was just that, man, it was kind of a waste of money. It's going to be a rare concert at the K. Billy Joel was there. Yep. Was that Speaking of, that's not why I played that song, but that uh, last year no, it was about five years ago now. But All yeah, right. we went to that. COVID year throws you off. Yeah. I got an extra COVID year, so I forget yeah. about what mm-hmm. happened in 2020. Let's give a couple more years. You'll uh, run out of eligibility. Uh, I it was don't, a good show, too. Hey, I don't forget that today mm-hmm. is a significant anniversary in sports and in this country. Yep. Today is the 43rd anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. February 22nd, 1980, a bunch of college kids got together, played a little mm-hmm. pond hockey up at uh, Lake Placid, and they played this team called the Soviet Union, which was a juggernaut. And the U.S. in the semifinals beat Soviet Union. A couple days later, they go on to win the gold against uh, Finland. 43 years ago today, Michael Ruzioni, Jim Craig, Herb Brooks, who... Al it Michaels was, had a little yeah. better night than the, the night in Jacksonville a yeah. few weeks ago. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> He's been asked to recite that line. I'm glad yeah. that he, like, refrains. But it was more than just a hockey game. And it turned into a great movie. It did. I like it. Great movie. And to this day, because neither one of you were born. I was. I just were you? was very, yeah. Were you I was old? 79. Yeah. I, I was not. Dad had not even met my I was uh, a month old, I believe. <laughs> did your... <laughs> Did your mom say? Oh to no, your dad, I would have been a year and a month. Did your yeah. mom say to your dad, "Do you believe in miracles?" <laughs> She's never told me that. No. <laughs> Through the five hole. <laughs> oh jeez. Still to this day, it my is mom's a, a saint. Shoot some scores. <laughs> We're on the power play. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes oh. for holding. You know she's a faithful listener. Yeah. And you're just making her blush right now. Jeez. Oh, I bet I bet I got teed up from the slot and went into the back <laughs> oh, of the net. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. That's my mother. Well, we all have moms. Sheesh. I think everybody's fair. The game. hockey analogies are just not helping. Oh, I thought we were just talking about hockey. Mm. Okay. Well, if, if your mom would have thought better, she could have run interference. <laughs> uh, but still to this day, it is a great American moment. Men's more than hockey, but 43 years ago today, on a tape-delayed broadcast, yeah. America yeah, watched the U.S. beat the Soviet Union. That That's Mark, the craziest thing. I could break it down for you. That Mark Johnson goal at the end of the first period to tie it at two was monstrous. Just kind of like Marquette. I know. Oh. Marquette coming back and oh. getting it from 12 to 8 before halftime last like night. Art. <laughs> very similar. Back together. Very, very similar. Oh, I can weave anything together. You want me to weave the Miracle on Ice into football? Yes, please. Uh, 43 years ago today, uh, there was a hope Nebraska football was okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I dropped the. That's okay. Out. Yeah. Do you think the I got four checked. The biggest like unknown for for people that were more mainstream with it that either didn't grow up with Miracle on Ice, or that are you know casual sports fans that understood nothing more than the United States beat the Soviet Union. How many people realize, or at least thought, when the, that story's being told about, that I, that was not the gold medal game? Oh, a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people thought the that Olympics. That was it. Yeah. 
the Olympic ice hockey was over after that. Yeah. And oh, by the way, U.S. had to go out and play on a Sunday. Right. And they ended up beating Finland. And and you said the tape delay won. It, the game was played like, what, at 4 or 5 o'clock local time? Yeah. Like Placid. So it wasn't even like a prime time, you know, outing. And that was the one thing that watching the, the documentary on it that I loved is when Herb Brooks before, you know, it, it was known to have that, like, and the speech wasn't verbatim as what you see in the movie before they play the Soviet Union, but before they go in the gold medal game that he basically tells them very, very brief uh, message to the team of, if you guys lose this one, you will take this to your effing grave. And then he stops, looks back at him and says, your effing grave. That was it. That's just awesome. Yeah, the vibe would be a little bit different if you lost in the gold medal game, even though you beat mm-hmm. the Soviet Union. That's kind of in vain at that point. I mean, yeah, yeah. you beat them, but then that's it. You didn't finish it off. That's what makes it great. Mm-hmm. That scene when they win the gold medal and calls the whole team up there. All right, Bronson Royal is going to join us at the uh, bottom of the uh, hour. Scott Docterman, who has been on top of the Big Ten scheduling, the athletic directors and league officials, they had their winter meetings. They wrapped up yesterday morning. Imagine Kevin Warren, that was his goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard really, it's been very quiet about the search for the next commissioner Mm -hmm. of the Big Ten. You hear more of like a Gene Smith saying, ah, I'm good. But Doc tweeted out, uh, there's a general consensus. Like, there was no action taken on the football schedules. We are going to sift through the 2024 Big Ten football schedule like none other when it comes out. At some point, I bet during the 23 season, or maybe shortly after the 23 season. But he said divisions, there is the general consensus, not a surprise, the divisions will go away in 2024, but nothing is finalized. Are there only maybe four teams in the the Big Ten and adding USC and UCLA, and I'll, I'll include USC in this discussion. There's maybe, I think, four teams that want the divisions to go away. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, yeah. and USC that would vote for the divisions to go away. Would you have 12 votes for the divisions to remain in place if you pulled everybody? You'd be everybody? close to it. You would be very close to it, especially with the Big Ten West teams. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, we're seeing staffs make moves to sort of anticipate a conference without a division. I mean, I think Luke Fickle, Wisconsin, is a perfect example of that. I think everybody's talked about that, of what he's trying to do with Wisconsin football right now to get him prepared for that thing opening it up where you take on all comers of the conference. But what we've always talked about Iowa, the Iowa style and the Kirk Ferentz style, it works tremendously well in the Big Ten West. You open that thing up to the entire Big Ten, you're probably not going to have the large-scale success compared to the division, unless you make some some major changes. And I think that's one example. I mean, think about think about Fitz in Northwestern. They have definitely benefited from the Big Ten West division. And so you look at a lot of those teams, even you know, you know, Purdue, Illinois last year. You know, is are are you really contending for the conference if you're any of those teams? No. Well so they've had nine Championship games that we went to East and West. Rest in peace, legends and leaders. Yeah, that was great. The East is nine and zero. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't hang a banner in twenty twenty four for finishing fifth in the Big Ten. No. You hang a banner if you win a division championship. 
Mm-hmm. This is, as this unfolds and you try and figure out with no divisions and what the schedule will look like, be very curious to see, and this may be protected by Jim Delaney, is Ohio State-Michigan always going to be the last Saturday of the regular season? You know what the big hang-up, and it just centers around these two teams, with the Big Ten going no divisions, is you could have, you know, maybe twice over a five-year span, maybe more, a rematch the following week between Ohio State and Michigan. Yep. It's always had the precious forever. The last Saturday of the regular season is the best rivalry in college football, mm-hmm. Ohio State and Michigan. Well, both programs say, yeah, we expect to be in that title game. We expect to be the top two teams in a non-division Big Ten. I don't know we want to rematch. Do they move it off of the last weekend? I mean, that would be a that'd be an earth mover. It would. If you if you messed with the date of that, I don't like yeah. that. What would be, you know, and you bring up the the overall hype around that rivalry game, and it, it it's a great one. I, I think we all acknowledge it. If you see that, as you pointed out, two in a, maybe a five year span where those two teams are playing on consecutive weekends, what is the overall buzz about it second time around? I, I because remember we we always did this with um, which national championship where we saw the rematch between LSU and Alabama, where it was for the most part largely it was looked at as are you kidding me? This is this is what we got to see again, and I know it was kind of a field goal fest, and so it wasn't a great game to begin with, but it, that one again wasn't a, a situation where you're looking at. Two teams it playing on one weekend to the next weekend. So I can only imagine that takes a lot of steam away from that. But how do you change? How do you, how do you move that up in the season? Like I, I just don't. I don't know if at least not immediately because I'll, I'll be curious to see when they do reveal the schedules. Are they just yeah. going to do a year in year out thing? Or are they going to do okay? Here's the the next two years. No, I think they will do a like a three six six model. Th- that's kind of what. So yeah, you play nine games. You'll have three permanent opponents. Right. You'll rotate six per season from the remaining twelve. Mm-hmm. the The issue will be not everybody has a slam dunk permanent third opponent. No, I, I I've done this exercise, and and. When you look at it from the Nebraska perspective, there's a lot of, well, Iowa's got to be one of them, probably Minnesota because you're keeping it regionalized. Who would be the third? Try doing that with USC and UCLA. Try coming up with the three permanent opponents for USC and UCLA. Because USC's schedule, people are going to want to see USC. If I'm a TV network, their schedule's going to be difficult, and it should be. UCLA's schedule should be difficult as well. Mm -hmm. There should be no passes for these teams coming in to the Big Ten. But try figuring out because each of them will have their own. They'll play each other. Yep. So that's one on each slate. Good luck figuring out the next two permanent opponents for UCLA and USC. Well, and what's and the most that, popular and, and, theory? And maybe that's one of the hangups across the league is, okay, some places we get to one, two, three right away. Yeah. But there's some places, man, who is two and 
for a lot of schools, probably who is that third permanent yeah. opponent if you follow what I just suggested, that 366 scheduling model. And the, the geography, I know everybody's been talking about this, of Nebraska getting at least one of them is going to get USC or UCLA. And so they would have Nebraska there just because of the geography of it. Since yeah, we I, used to be the San Diego of the no, Big Ten. Yeah, no, I, I think Nebraska will get a trip to Los Angeles every year. Yeah. Now, which one will it be? And that's significant. It, it really is. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be more interesting to see what UCLA and U, USC get. Because whoever doesn't get Nebraska, okay, they're getting the other California school, but then who are there too? And are you able to sort of maneuver that to where they're – you know, pretty solid matchups year in and year out. Are you trying to, you know, cater to that? Maybe it's USC. I don't know. But, yeah, that one is going to be far more interesting than what Nebraska winds up with, in my opinion. All right, coming up here in a little bit, Bronson Arroyo will uh, join us. You know him his 17 years as a pitcher, uh, World Series champion, Reds Hall of Famer. Uh, but now he has a, a new album that he has uh, released. Yeah, people still think of him with the Red Sox, but he only pitched there three years. Yeah, he's, most of his career was with Reds the Hall Reds. Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he'll be on. He'll talk baseball, and we'll talk uh, some uh, music. And uh, we will talk about one of my favorite bands on an individual that has given him a, a lot of advice. He's coming up here in just a, a bit. Scott Chanley will join us as well. Also, uh, Brandon Vogel on a, a Wednesday, Ash Wednesday edition. Mornings with Sharpen. Hanley on 1620 The Zone. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.